Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Welcome to the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Early Odds. I'm Rick Camp filling in for Joe Strowski, who's getting a well-deserved week off. couple quick reminders. Follow Joe on Twitter at Joe0670. You can follow me on Twitter at Rick C. Camp. And if you miss any episodes of Early Odds or want to go back and listen to something else, you have the Odyssey app right there to be able to do that or check out your favorite podcast platform. Later in the show, we're going to speak with Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse, But now that the NBA Finals are over, now that hockey is over, baseball is in the dog days leading up to the trade deadline, we're really focusing on NFL as training camps start up. So let's get out to the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, and welcome in Connor Allen, the director of betting at 4 for 4. He also hosts the Move the Line podcast with Ryan Noonan. Follow him on Twitter at Connor Allen. NFL. Connor, I appreciate you taking time out to preview the NFL season with me because we're finally here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anytime. I love talking ball. We're almost at the point of the offseason where things are starting to happen, you know, beyond which players are talking about not getting vaccinated. You know, we're almost past that point where actual news is going to be happening. Yes, actual football will be a really, really nice change. So, Working at 4 for 4, being in charge of all the betting stuff, there's a lot of really good stuff going on on the NFL side. And I I feel like looking in the work slack, almost every day there's a new person focusing on something really specific to help give great content out to all the subscribers at 4 for 4. So for those that are not subscribed yet, what can they expect if they want to get involved and get either the fantasy side or especially in our realm, the betting side from four for four. Yeah. So I think that this season is going to be awesome. We have a bunch of new tools for our betting package, including our player prop tool, which is actually free this weekend over at four for four.com. We scrape all of the player props over at, you know, DraftKings, over at FanDuel, whoever's offering player props and then compare them to our award-winning projections year over year. uh, Our guy, John Paulson has turned in some of the best player projections in the industry. We help you find what the best values are and beat the betting markets. Um, it sounds really simple, and it really is. You can filter it by state, 
what sports books you have available, what position the players play, what team you're looking for, odds. So, you know, when you're in Illinois, it's a big thing because you see a lot of people talking about books that we don't have. The great news about this tool is you can filter it for whatever state you're in. And for all of us in Illinois, it, it is super, super useful. Um, we're also going to have other tools dropping throughout the offseason and more content going forward uh, throughout the offseason and into the actual season. So definitely would recommend checking that out. I was messing around with the player prop tool earlier today, and you really write about just like functionality and how easy it is. It, like for someone like me that obviously my focus is basketball, but just like being able to go through everything NFL wise, it's also just great shorthand for finding the best values that are on the market for each player, which is for, you know, what we have available. So it's just like another easy way to like make your take some shortcuts in your prep, especially for the betting side. But honestly, even for the fantasy side as well, it, it's all basically the same thing. It's just a matter of how you apply the information. And at 4 for 4, we're going to have a ton of stuff for you. And that tool is going to be so key as the season progresses. So highly recommend taking advantage of that opportunity to try it out for free while you can. So to get right into this, at, at this point of the offseason, like we were mentioning, like there's just not a lot going on. Thankfully, got a couple camps opening up. Just the fact of this point in the, in the offseason for you, what are you doing in terms of prep? And what are things you're looking for as these camps are opening up? So most of my prep, I would say, heading into uh, training camps is already done in terms of offseason moves, draft additions, you know, people, players they lost, players they, you know, gained. Like that sort of stuff is kind of already set into place. And I have a good idea of what these teams should be on paper. Something I'm paying attention to now in training camps is going to be injuries and, you know, uh, quarterback battles, which really will dictate a lot of team success uh, i mean i know a lot of people especially in the chicagoland area are watching the justin fields andy dalton you know saga that's going to play out uh, the bears have consistently stuck to andy dalton being their week one starter but they're seven point underdogs in week one against the rams uh how many sacks interceptions and passes into the dirt from andy dalton are we going to see before the bears pull the trigger and take out andy dalton and put in justin fields i'm not convinced it happens week one I think that it could happen a few weeks in, but sooner than later it will. Right now, Justin Fields is actually plus 300 to take the first snap in the 2021 regular season. And I, I think that that is lined about right. Uh, but it's those types of things that I'm looking at right now and evaluating throughout training camp, as well as players like Saquon uh, Barkley's injury started on the PUP list. He could be activated anytime. There was a video of him making a very nice golf swing. Uh, the other, <laughs> I think it was yesterday on Instagram, which, you know, is not too indicative of how well he'll play football wise, but at least he's moving around. He's using his knees. Uh, so that's good for sure as well. So at this point, how much would you say of your preseason betting is done already versus will happen in the time between one camp start and the actual start of the season? Because as someone that's pretty light in terms of like preseason and futures, uh, I'm always interested to see like not just how much people get in, but at what points of the offseason you tend to get in. Yeah, so my whole philosophy has generally been to take unders early in the offseason and overs late in the offseason. Uh, I know that I might miss out on some steam, but the biggest thing is you're avoiding preseason injuries. Like, imagine if you take an over on a team at eight wins or Super Bowl on a team at nine wins, whatever, or, uh, you know, a long future there, and your quarterback gets injured. You're immediately just donated money, uh, and you probably could have waited 
um, you know, a couple, another couple of weeks or until right before the season started to lock in that future and guarantee that at least the quarterback would be out there week one. And I know that it can happen at any point in the season, but you're at least buying yourself a little bit more time with that. So I've already fired off plenty of unders on the win totals. Um, and I would say probably 80 to 90% of them are already done. Um, but uh, the biggest thing I'll be looking for is just like if there are some teams where a lot of hype is coming out or, you know, I need to start paying closer attention to what's going on. There, that always happens occasionally. Uh, I mean, two years ago, or I think, yeah, three years ago, whenever Lamar Jackson won MVP, uh, you know, I got on that hype train, you know, at the last minute. I didn't get the best of the number, but, you know, still cashed the ticket. So uh, I think that in the end, you know, that's probably what mattered most, especially for the long shot there. You're listening to Early Odds here on 670 The Score. I'm our camp in for Joe Ostrowski, who's back next week, speaking with Connor Allen, who's the director of betting at 4 for 4, and you can also hear him on the Move the Line podcast, which he does with Ryan Noonan. And I think that's something that, especially as we get more and more people who are still learning not just how to bet, but also some of the strategy of like figuring out, okay, how important is best of the number versus having enough information you know, there's a lot of people that like to be able to prop up when, yeah, they were ahead of the way ahead of the curve before there was maybe really enough actionable information. And you can maybe say it's a higher factor of luck. So how do you balance that give and take of information versus the best of the number? Yeah, so I think that that's that's a good question here. So we can go on to like an, uh, an example here that I had. So I took uh, the Washington football team over eight wins early in the season or early in the offseason. And I know that we've. I just said that I like to take overs later in the season, but I thought that this number was just wrong simply because of, you know, their defense remained strong. They were fourth in passing EPA allowed last season. They upgraded a cornerback from Ronald Darby to William Jackson. And then the, obviously the biggest change for them was adding Ryan Fitzpatrick after rolling out the passing offense of Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, Kyle Allen, who were, you know, worse in the league, probably uh, cumulatively. So now you have Ryan Fitzpatrick who should – I mean, at least be league average, throwing to Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys, uh, Terry McLaurin, and still with Logan Thomas at his disposal. And I, I mean, like everything was setting up for this team to be a nine win or more team. I think that they're live to win their division. So this is kind of one of those examples where, sure, I would like more information about how Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing in training camp and how he's clicking with his, with his receivers, you know, how if the defense is going to retain kind of their strength. But and a lot of that we won't really find out until the season starts. And I'm confident enough in what we've seen from Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, going into his age 38 uh, season that we know that, you know, yeah, he's volatile, but he's definitely, definitely better than what we saw last season from them. Uh, and not to mention Washington also went two and five last year in one score games, which is a metric that tends to regress year over year towards uh, the average. So I think that banking on Washington to just be above average in a 17 game season, nine wins. That's all you're asking for here. I don't think that's a whole lot. So I know that there are plenty who are not as excited about Washington, and but I think their defense, their offensive line, quarterback upgrade all make a big difference. The big news this week was Cam Akers tearing his Achilles. He's out for the year, and that completely sucks just because sure looked like he was lined up for a really nice season. Does that change how you feel about the Rams' win total division odds or, or really anything on them team-wise? Uh, team-wise, no, not at all. Um, I... I I'm not going to you know, go into the whole running backs don't matter argument, but I think that when you add a player like uh, Stafford uh, in the offseason and you still have McVay, uh, they have a capable backup in Daryl Henderson. Uh, I think that they're set up for success and that they'll be just fine uh, without Cam Akers. Obviously, he could have contributed some um, just, you know, 
being the bully that he was down the stretch. Uh, but I think that a lot of that usage and that offense was more geared towards not uh, letting Jared Goff lose games for them. And so I think that now with Stafford, they don't really need to have a dominant running game to be a successful team. And I don't think that the win totals really shifted at all either. Um, even when we see in regular season, if a starting running back is out, you know, maybe like the best starting running back impacts the line about half of a point mm-hmm. in a game. Um, so you know, over the course of the season, you're probably not looking at much for a guy like Cam Akers, who I think, like you said, could have had a great year. It's probably probably would have had a great year in this offense. Um, but still, I'm not really sure that he impacts their offense enough to make a difference in the win total. You know, in, in the next segment, we'll get really into win totals and player props because I know that's a, especially your forte. But before then, is there and you mentioned Washington as a team that you seem to have, you feel like you have a good handle on. Is there a team or a couple teams that you just look at that you're like, you know what? I just have no desire to touch them at all before I see them on the field. Oh, that's that's a pretty good question. Um, I would say the Patriots are a team that I'm really unsure about. You know, they're probably going to be a new look team. Well, I guess a similar look team to what they wanted to do last year, kind of play bully ball. They added two tight ends um, in uh, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. And they really showed up their offensive line. They brought back Cam Newton for another year. And they still have Damian Harris. So I think that all signs point to them running a lot of like power offense and just really trying to dominate the trenches. But again, I I don't know. Like what if Mac Jones wins the camp battle? Then you're going to see a team that probably doesn't look like that. Um, But yeah, it's it's very, very interesting. I was hearing that potentially that Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback between the 20s and that Cam Newton is still going to come in no matter what on goal line sets, uh, which would be a whole nother layer to this team. I I am not really sure about this Patriots team, so right now I'm just not touching them at all. Yeah, and especially with a lot of people really high on the Dolphins this year and clearly the Bills with what they did last year. It's just also a tough division. But all right, coming up next on early odds on 670 The Score. Once again, I'm Rick in for Joe Ostrowski. Joe's back next week. Speaking with Connor Allen from 4 for 4, we're going to go real deep into the win totals, player props, awards markets. There's a lot of money to be made, and we're going to try and make as much of it as we can for you. Before the top of the hour, that's when Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw will be on from 9 to 11 on 670 The Score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome back to early odds on 670 the score i'm rick campin for joe ostrowski joe's back with you next week getting a well-deserved week off we're speaking with connor allen from who's the director of betting for four for four and the host of the Move the Line podcast, talking about NFL win totals, player props. Follow him on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. And a reminder that the Score Listener line is brought to you by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. And another reminder, because, hey, I'm an employee at 4 for 4, and honestly, I have uh, Connor to thank for that. So thank you for that. But also, just another reminder, check out that 4 for 4 player prop tool this weekend while you have the opportunity, while it's free. Give it a look, and then you will want that 4 for 4 subscription because the player prop tool is awesome, and it'll help you with your bets. It'll help you with fantasy. It really is like something everybody should get. So I highly, highly recommend that. Uh, and obviously, you want to read Connor's work. You want to read everybody at 4 for 4's work on the football side. Now the basketball's wrapped up, and I don't have to promote myself anymore, thank God. So check out all the work that everybody's doing at 4 for 4. He just posted on Thursday a prop article. So can you give people a preview of what they can see when they subscribe for 4 for 4 and check out your article? Yeah, so uh, some of the props right now that I like a lot, um, Emmanuel Sanders actually over uh, 600 and a half receiving yards. Uh, right now you're seeing that on uh, DraftKings and a few other books. Uh, we've been projected for 775 uh, receiving yards this season. Obviously the biggest um, switch there would be him for John Brown. I know that plenty of people are talking about Gabriel Davis, but the Bills play four wide receiver sets at one of the highest rates in the league. They also play three wide receiver sets at a very high rate as well. Assuming that Cole Beasley comes back, I, there are some talks about him potentially getting traded or cut uh, from the team. So Emmanuel Sanders should play a big enough role that he should easily eclipse 600 and a half yards. I like that one for sure. Um, a few other ones as well. I think Jalen Hurts, uh, over 3,600 passing yards as well is interesting. Um, you know, this. I think that Hurts is probably a little bit underrated at this point in his career in terms of being a passer. Um, 
You know, at, at Alabama, he wasn't great, but when he went to Oklahoma, averaged 11.3 yards per attempt, nearly 70% completion rate. And as a rookie, you know, Hertz only started complete, completed three games, but in those contests, you know, passed for 338, 342, and 167 passing yards. This Eagles team is a six and a half point or win total, and so they're probably going to be playing from behind a lot, which means a lot of passing for Hertz. So I, I'm pretty confident that he's going to go over this number and approach 4,000 yards in a 17-game season. So it's you know it's these kind of props here where I've fired off a ton. Um, you can also manually adjust whatever player props you're seeing for the books, um, you know, depending on how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, God forbid, not everybody's able to have money in every book in whatever state they're in especially illinois obviously that helps you in terms of being able to shop around but you can customize by which books you have the money in so that just it makes it that much easier so all right you gave us a taste there let's get into what are just some of the player props that i that i find fascinating we might as well start locally and david montgomery i saw pretty much wherever you're looking is about a thousand and a half so essentially is he gonna get over a thousand yards and seeing that juice to the over a little bit now with the bears offensive line seeming to be maybe more of a question than it even was before but with the possibility of justin fields coming in to i would think help the offense in general and especially the running game i mean how do you think david montgomery looks going into the season yeah, I, I love Dave Montgomery as a runner. I was a big fan of him out of college. He forces a ton of missed tackles. He does a lot in terms of, you know, uh, making guys miss, especially in the hole. Uh, and so I'm a big fan of his his just game in general. But going into the season, I think that there should be a lot of, you know, there, there should be a little bit of concern here with his like breakout last season. So last season, a lot of his rushing yardage came against the worst run defenses in the league, and that was all down the stretch in games that they were close in or competitive with. Now you're looking at a Bears team that probably will be starting Andy Dalton for a little bit, maybe starting Justin Fields, who I like Justin Fields. But I think the, the offense as a whole is just a little bit more of a question mark. Uh, and I while it's fair to have high expectations, um, you know they're not really a team that – is easy for me to bet something that's binary, that's a yes, no. David Montgomery, I think, is going to rush for you know over a thousand yards. I'd almost rather take him, you know, to at a higher odds to take, um, you know, to rush for over like twelve hundred or thirteen hundred yards. Because if that offense does explode, then you're getting a little bit more value there. So right now, our projections actually have him going under that thousand and a half yardage total for eight hundred and thirty-seven point seven. Also, the return of Terry Cohen and they signed uh, Damian Williams from the Chiefs. So a little bit more competition than last year. Probably not going to get as soft as a schedule. So I'm probably staying away from this one and with a lean towards the under. Can you touch any of the receivers at all with the quarterback situation being so murky? Because I haven't seen like I haven't seen a Darnell Mooney number, but I sure feel like he's maybe even getting a little overhyped at this point. Because if I have to see him juking Jalen Ramsey off the line <laughs> one more time, like it was awesome. Don't get me wrong. But I, it almost feels like he's getting hyped up because of that one play, that one video, one gif that we end up seeing. Mm -hmm. And mind you, of course, he, he, he was better than obviously the one play, but it almost seems like we're getting a little out over our skis maybe on Darnell Mooney. 
Yeah, I think every time people see that clip, you know, their their confirmation bias just keeps getting fueled and fueled that Darnell Mooney is, you know, the next great Bears wide receiver. Um, I, I think that Allen Robinson is still still there, still fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not touching any of the props with the quarterback situation. I mean, God forbid Andy Dalton spends, you know, half the season as the yeah. starter. Ah, yikes. Yikes. I mean, he's been pretty much a sum of all some of his parts quarterback his entire career. When AJ Green was healthy and when he had good offensive weapons and good offensive line, he was competent. But then last year we saw with the Dallas Cowboys, he had great weapons. I mean, the offensive line wasn't great, don't get me wrong there, but the weapons were fantastic and he couldn't do anything for a large majority of the games. He was downright bad, in my opinion. Uh, so, I mean, I th- still thought it was a surprising move to even get him in the first place, uh, given some of the other potential options. But, you know, the Bears are where they are and. I'm not betting on the receivers right now. That being said, I think that down the road, there will be some receiving player props during the weeks for the Bears that you can take advantage of where maybe Dalton turns in a few bad games, they switch to fields, and you can hop on some Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney overs when the lines are set a little bit lower because Fields is in or because Dalton's been playing so bad. A couple other players that I have questions about in terms of their props, and two of them are, are related, Austin Eckler and Alvin Kamara. And just because of Austin Eckler now with the new system in San, in not in San Diego, in Los Angeles, <laughs> I'm still doing that apparently. Just him stepping into the Alvin Kamara role, and then Kamara's role changing with the combo platter of Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill possibly handling the quarterback position in New Orleans. So, how do you feel about any of the props for either Eckler or Kamara? Yeah, so the Eckler prop is actually interesting. Right now they are floating an over under uh, six rushing touchdowns. Um, so right now our projections actually have 2.3 rushing t- t- touchdowns. This is over at DraftKings. Uh, in the last four years, he has two, three, three, and one rushing touchdown. Uh, Josh Kelly is still around. Justin Jackson, uh, the Northwestern graduate, is still around. And Larry Roundtree, who they drafted out of Mizzou, scored 40 touchdowns in his career at Mizzou. Uh, I mean – I think that Eckler is a great player. I think that he's going to catch a lot of passes. He's going to be used between the 20s and sometimes on the goal line, but he's certainly not going to see all the goal line work. I like the under six rushing touchdowns a lot. Like I think that that's a great bet, and I would be shocked if he, if he got seven or more. Uh, in terms of Kamara, I think a lot of that, his prop value hinges on Taysom Hill, how much of the work that Taysom Hill is going to take away from him. Uh, I think that if Jameis plays, Kamara's in great shape for more receiving work. He's in great shape for, you know, a lot of the goal line work. But again, still I'm worried that even if Jameis is the quarterback between the 20s, what's stopping them from putting in Taysom Hill, um, you know, by the goal line and then vulturing all of the goal line work from Kamara. So I'm avoiding the touchdown props for Kamara. The yardage props, I think, again, it depends. If Jameis is the locked-in week one starter, I would feel a little more comfortable taking the over there uh, just because I think he'll he'll be pretty much the workhorse uh, in that offense. You're listening to Early Odds here on 670 The Score. I'm Rick Camp filling in for Joe Ostrowski, speaking with Connor Allen from 4 for 4. All right, what are a couple other player props that you've identified that either you've bet already or you're going to see a little bit of how the how the training camp goes and have your eyes uh, closely peeled on them? 
Yeah, so a big one is coming out of Denver. Uh, Javante Williams props right now, 800.5 rushing yards, 7.5 touchdowns right now. Um, so our projections have it at 726 rushing yards and 5 touchdowns. I think the biggest thing here is that if Melvin Gordon is still around prior to the season, uh, that if he's on the roster and he's not been traded or cut, there's been rumors of both, um, I will be hammering the under on Javante Williams' touchdowns, especially if we're hearing things of, oh, Melvin Gordon's getting all the first-team reps. Um, we recently actually had Benjamin Albright, a Broncos slash NFL insider, onto the Move the Line podcast. He said that Melvin Gordon is not only going to stay on the team, that he's going to be the starter going forward, and that the Javante Williams pick was more so just insurance and that he'll be the future. But that for this year, he has a uh, roster bonus uh, locking in here pretty shortly, and that once that triggers, um, there's no shot that he's getting traded. I know that there was a lot of speculation of him potentially going to the Rams after the Cam Akers injury, but that's something that I'm looking for for sure. And that um, as the season progresses, I mean, under seven and a half touchdowns, I think there's pretty much no shot that he hits that if Melvin Gordon stays healthy. Um, I think that that's a good one. There are a few other ones as well. Justin Herbert, 28 and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, our projections have him at 35 touchdowns on the season. He had 31 last year in a 16 game season. Now, I think a slight improvement in terms of coaching staff. His touchdown rate was only 5.2% last year as well, which is 14th in the league. So it's not like he's due to majorly regress. Also should have a healthy Keenan Allen healthy Mike Williams. So I think the over 20 and a half touchdown passing touchdowns there in a 17 game season is a pretty solid bet as well. And they get Rashawn Slater, the Northwestern grad yes, to help that offensive line, because I I'm trying to think of the last time the chargers offensive line wasn't, I'm not even saying bottom half, but like bottom 10 in the league. And it feels like it's it was pre-Philip Rivers because Rivers' <laughs> interception numbers were always so crazy, but I feel like half the time he was just chucking the ball up to give somebody a chance so that he doesn't absolutely get smacked. But you know, oh, yeah. that, that brings me – they're an interesting team because so many people are so high on them because of the Brandon Staley hire, which is interesting because so often nowadays the – hire that everybody loves as an offensive guy where we can tangibly think of a system and be like okay this is what's gonna push this team but they have the franchise quarterback but it's a defensive minded head coach they get uh they get healthier because they, they always have the injuries that they do you know derwin james back this year is one of my favorite players to watch in the entire league so how do you feel about them in general especially when you have that big umbrella of the chiefs just kind of hanging over them yeah, so I think that's something that is worth noting is that Brandon Staley was essentially the Sean McVay of Sean McVay's team. So Sean McVay, they fired Wade Phillips, even though he they had just turned in a great defensive season and that defense was locked and loaded. Um, he wanted someone who had a little bit more creativity in their play calling and ability to adjust to their opponent's schemes and kind of do what McVay does with the offense and elevate the players and really game plan for their opponents and specifically pinpoint things that are going to happen and need to happen in order for them to have an advantage. Whereas Wade Phillips is a little more old school, just going to run his defense and going to have some success with it, especially with his personnel. But that's just not really what McVay was looking for. So they hired Brandon Staley. Obviously, they had plenty of success there. Um, and now he's at a position where he is now. So I'm pretty bullish on him in the long run. Um, right now, like you said, the offensive lineman addition of Rashawn Slater is good. They also signed center Corey Lindsley. They signed Matt Feeler. So I think that their offense is set up for success. I think that their defense um, could also be set up for success. I'm a little bit torn on them just in general. Uh, from a team standpoint, I think that they have a very 
extremely wide range of outcomes, I would say. I mean, there's a chance that this coaching staff busts in their first year and that, you know, the defense isn't as good as we think or they're not able to stay healthy and this team finishes towards the bottom of the division. Uh, I think there's also a chance, though, where if the, they latch on the coaching staff and uh, Herbert takes another step forward, that this team could be in the playoff run and be very much in contention for Super Bowl. So I think that both of those are in the range of outcomes for the Chargers. Uh, I'm not really sure which one is more likely, though. And as we stay on win totals, wasn't your first uh, your first win total bet in the NFC North? Oh, it, it was yes. So uh, I mean, that was I. I have I mean, so this is the dangerous part about get, getting on win totals early is that you know you have uh, things like this where I just keep betting it and keep betting it and keep betting it because people keep wanting more action on it and I'll I'll keep taking it. It's the Lions under five wins. Uh, it's actually a four and a half on DraftKings now, but still at five uh, at Bet Rivers, I believe. So you're looking at a team that went from. Uh, uh, Matthew Stafford to Jared Goff, and they lost their two weapons on the outside. They lost Kenny Galladay. They lost Marvin Jones. They replaced them with Brashad Perriman, Tyrell Williams, and Khalif Raymond. Drafted Amon Ross St. Brown, who are, I mean, it's just a bunch of no names. Their best pass catcher far and away is TJ Hawkinson, who has to this point just been decent and has not really lived up to his draft capital of a top 10 pick. Um, and now you're looking at a team where Jared Goff was so much better at play action. Sean McVay, the last three years, led the league in play action. And Goff has been worse in EPA, completion rate, and yards per attempt without it. Now, Anthony Lynn's Chargers ranked 24th last season, play action rate. Um, so I'm not really sold that the Lions will be anywhere near the same rate, rate of play action or anything. And their draft, I think... Penny Sewell is a great player. Don't get me wrong. I think that they had plenty of right to celebrate that video that went viral was fine. I mean, he is a great player. But outside of that, I mean, they added two defensive tackles in the second and third round who might have the run defense. But, I mean, it was already 27th in adjusted sack rate and third to last in run DEPA last year. So you're going to need a massive, massive year from them for their defense to even be competent. And then if you look at what sportsbooks are telling us, they are underdogs in every single game this season and their touchdown underdogs are more in 11 of the 17 games so 11 of the 17 games are not even close and then if we look at the two games where they're close it's against cincinnati and philly i think they lose at least one of those games for sure maybe they win one i mean maybe i think cincinnati's a a much better team than them and that philadelphia could very easily beat them so i'm fading the lions hard here i think that i took them also to be the worst team in the league at plus 400 um obviously a lot of that has to do with deshaun watson situation the texans roster is much worse than the lions which is hard to say but it is true um but if sean watson plays i think that the lions are pretty much a lock to be the worst team in the league this is early odds on 670 the score i'm rick camp i'm in for joe ostrowski speaking with connor allen follow him on twitter at connor allen nfl yeah, Houston is really interesting. I I don't remember what the number was off the top of my head, but there was a, a Houston Texans 0-17 number that was, I'm not going to lie, kind of tempting. And it, especially if Deshaun Watson does not play this year at all, I honestly don't know how that team wins a game because, I mean, like you mentioned, the rest of that roster is a special kind of terrible. I mean, it really is. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, their free agent class was like 20 guys who were below like league average at everything. Um, And like, (laughs) I've never seen a worse free agent class in my life. Uh, I mean, and they just did nothing this offseason to improve their team. Now, I mean, I think that they're going to be trying out uh, Tyrod Taylor probably week one. Um, And he's going to be throwing to what, like 
Brandon Cooks and Kiki Kuti. Uh, and Cooks is fine, but you know he's shown repeatedly that he can't be a number one receiver that breaks man coverage. Like he does well against zone, he does well in other situations with another guy on the outside or inside. But he he can't be a number one, especially with Terod Taylor. I mean, I think that this team is going to be downright dreadful. They actually signed their running back room right now. It's hilarious. They have still have David Johnson, who they traded away DeAndre Hopkins for. Now, in hindsight, it's just Still absolutely ridiculous. Even in the moment, it was ridiculous. But now you're looking at David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram as their running back room. I don't even know what's going on in this place. What are they going to do? Just run the ball 40 times and then pack up their bags and leave every every week? I mean, that's kind of what it seems like. So, yeah, I think the 0-17 is well in range. I took some under 4.5 uh, you know, a couple months ago just because of the speculation. Like like you said, if Watson, if Watson doesn't play, they, they're probably not winning a game. And if he does play, I think that it'll still be a struggle for them to get to five wins because their roster is legitimately terrible. How do you feel about the Dolphins? Because they've been getting a lot of push this year for obviously having the type of season they did last year. Then you get Tua, who's I've even heard, and maybe it's just from working on You Better You Bet and and working with Nick Costos, who uh, is big on the Tua Tungavailoa 66 to 1 MVP train that uh you know they are getting a lot of push this year is you know probably not winning the division because it would take a lot for Buffalo likely to not win that division but to be a really good team this year and have a chance to make some noise in the playoffs yeah so I I'm on board with that I have fired a little bit at Tua to be MVP um you know I I think that this team is something kind of similar to the Chargers a team that could take a big step forward this year uh last year their defense seventh in defensive EPA fourth in pass EPA um and I think that their offense is the big key here though I think they could be sneaky good if you go back and look at when Tua had success at Alabama he all of his receivers could separate Literally all of them were NFL caliber receivers. And last year he was playing with Devontae Parker, who can't separate for his life. Guys like Jakeem Grant and, you know, Lynn Bowden. Like guys who just like are very, very average or below. Um, and so now you add Jalen Waddell, you keep Kaseki, you keep Parker, you add in Will Fuller, you get some speed in this offense. Um, and another year removed from Tua's injury, which he probably shouldn't have been playing with. And it, he wasn't like bad. He just wasn't throwing the ball downfield well enough. He was still completing the ball at a high rate. And he wasn't playing to win. Like he wasn't when you when Ryan Fitzpatrick would come in, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't care. Like he was just throwing the ball deep. Didn't matter. Him and Devontae Parker are perfect matches. That's just not really Tua's game. Like Tua is not going to th- throw jump balls to Devontae Parker all game. Uh, and so now you look at that offense there. I think that the only question for me would be the offensive line, but I think that this Dolphins team can take a massive step forward. I think Tua can take a massive step forward. Um, I did sprinkle a little bit of that Tua MVP because I, I was a big fan of Tua coming out. I think that he's he's a good player. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've taken a little bit of action on him as well. We also have a prop on him, too. It's 24 and a half t- passing touchdowns over at DraftKings. Uh, we have projected for 30. So it's not just me bullish on him. I think that's a good bet as well. Wow. Yeah, that's a huge margin in between there. You mentioned that. Well, I mentioned the MVP market, too. Uh, is there anybody else that you've either put something in on or or at least, you know, keeping an eye on? Because I, I was looking at maybe Justin Herbert, who I know has been probably pretty square, but I'm looking specifically at DraftKings right now. And at 18 to one, it kind of feels like a lot of the value has been sucked out of him specifically. Yikes, he, he all the way up to 18 to 1 right now. So, I mean, when, when the market's open, I guess this is kind of another advantage to early betting. He was opening around like 30 to 1, something like that. Um, and at that point, I was definitely in. Kind of what we talked about earlier, I think that he has that in his range of outcomes. So, you're, you're looking at still some 20 to 1s over at FanDuel Points, Bet Bet Rivers. 
I think at that point, it's priced pretty fairly. And I think that this market in general is actually priced extremely well. Um, a guy that, I mean, is a, a great bet, I think, or was a great bet, hypothetically, to win the MVP would be Matthew Stafford. But he is at 16-1. to 1. He has like the sixth or seventh highest odds among all quarterbacks to win the MVP. So... It's not just us expecting the jump from Matthew Stafford and this Rams offense. It's pretty much everyone, and the betting market has already factored that in. So I'm not putting any money on that, but I do think that he is very much in contention. Um, if you're looking a little bit further down the board, um, yeah, I play some Tua at, at 60 to one. Um, but beyond that, please don't bet on a running back to an MVP. They're not going to win. <laughs> um, you know, you hear it all the time. Occasionally, people get all excited about those. You know. Uh, whatever, 100 to 1 bets of, oh, maybe they can win the, win the MVP. Since 2010, quarterbacks have won 10 of the last 11 years. The league has only continued to shift more pass heavy. And the last MVP that was running back was Adrian Peterson. And he ripped off the second most rushing yards in NFL history, was the focal point of his team's offense in their run there. So, I mean, it's just not, it's not something that you should be betting on. But if you do want to break down this market real quick, mm-hmm. On the same, so if we focus on the same same time span, the last 11 years, every quarterback who won the MVP played on a team that won 11 plus games. So now we're adjusting to a 17 game schedule. Um, you know, 11 out of seven, 11 out of 16 games, like 68. percent Your need, your team needs to win about 12 games or more. So kind of using that as a guide um, towards what teams like and what players play, kind of combining with win totals. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that are already priced towards the top make sense. Some that are a little concerning, a guy like Kyler Murray. You know, the Cardinals are not projected to be necessarily winning a ton of games but he's still one of the highest mvp odds and i think that's fair because of his upside but then you know a guy like matt ryan matt ryan right now is uh you know 35 or 40 to 1 but the falcons win total does doesn't really match his odds you know like he's the falcons aren't probably aren't going to win a ton of games and so even if matt ryan has a great season and puts up 5,000 passing yards those are 35 touchdowns he's probably still not going to win mvp so you kind of got to like use that logic and it's not as necessarily a strict guide but i think that is a help towards like picking a few guys where you can get exposure to over the course of the whole market connor it's really good stuff but before i let you go in the awards market anything in terms of either either rookie of the years or defensive player of the year offense player is there any other anything else that you've pinpointed in those markets coach of the year comeback player of the year as well that you have put that you've put some money on or that you're at least going to be monitoring yeah so something that i got on a little bit early and still lingers around so uh right now kyle pitts to win offensive rookie of the year is still hanging around at 11 to 1 um i got it at 12 to 1 at FanDuel, but it's priced a lot higher everywhere else it's like set plus 750 everywhere i got on this right before julio jones got traded so a little bit of value there but i think that now with julio out of the offense he's the number two option in a high volume high efficiency passing offense that figures to still play from behind as i mentioned with their win total has arthur smith as the head coach he's a former tight end coach they're going to do a lot of max protects they're going to be able to flex pits out into the slot use them on the outside um, and i get that there's a lot of anti-tight end sentiment in terms of oh well tight ends don't win this award or you know tight ends uh, in their rookie seasons really struggle you know Kyle Pitts was the highest drafted tight end in NFL history Mm -hmm. Kyle Pitts you know is an athletic freak and someone that is now in a near perfect situation you know like the guy the number three like Olamide Zacchaeus is not going to be taking away targets from Kyle Pitts (laughs) you know like that's just not how this works Um, and also unlike the MVP which 
always goes to a quarterback. This award has only been won by signal caller uh, six times in the past 11 years. So the other time it's been a running back or Odell Beckham won one as a wideout. Um, so I realistically think that a great performance from Kyle Pitts, who could break the rookie or rookie tight end receiving record, which is a little bit over a thousand yards. Um, that's actually also bettable at DraftKings, which I put a little bit on that. It's like plus 300, plus 400. Um, and also took a prop of pl- over 790 receiving yards. Um, but at 12 to 1, I think the odds here are great for Pitts to have a great season, break the record, which is not even saying much, and end up with, you know, 1,000 plus receiving yards as a rookie. He's the director of betting at 4 for 4. He hosts the Move the Line podcast with Ryan Noonan. You follow him on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, really appreciate you coming on and giving me and the listeners all this knowledge to head into training camp time with. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Just excited to make some money this season. Let's get it. That's Connor Allen. When we come back, it's that time of the show to speak with Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. We'll do that next on Early Odds on 670 The Score. Welcome back to Early Odds. I'm Mark Camp in for Joe Ostrowski getting his well-deserved week off. So now, hey, it's that time of the show. Talk with Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. Follow him on Twitter at Hawthorne underscore Jim. Uh, Jim, right off the top, we're getting close to the trade deadline, and I know you're a big Sox fan. So do you have any futures or anything on the Sox, and how are you feeling about the team in general as we're leading up to the deadline? So, Rick, I actually made wagers all the way back in February. So I have futures on on the win total at 90 and a half, uh, division championship, and the World Series championship. So there's a lot on the line for me. I'm happy to see the way they're playing right now, uh, considering all of the injuries. And uh, going into the trade deadline, it's interesting. I mean, you have to think second base is still a position of need. And then you can never have enough bullpen arms. So I'm curious to see if they make any moves there. I mean, it's great getting Eloy and Luis Robert back. So it's going to be an interesting week here. But uh, I think the Sox are very well positioned right now. You're very much pot committed then to to the White yes. Sox. So, but can you really be pot committed if you're not if you're not also in on one of the starters to win Cy Young? Because I mean, that's what I'm debating right now is which starter do I want to back leading up to the as we get closer to the end of the season? You know, just in case that opportunity opens up. Well, and you might want to look because uh, for the longest time it's been Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole is the favorite, and then it's kind of Rodon and Lance Lynn underneath there as say your second, third, or second and fourth choices. To me, I tend to wonder if Lance Lynn might be the route to go because Rodon's kind of been, I guess, more of the sexy pick a little bit lately because he's got no hitter to his record this year. He's the guy that's been the great story coming back. You have to hope he can maintain it. But Lance Lynn got a lot of votes last year too, Rick, in the Cy Young voting. So you figure some of those voters may come right back to him once again, and then you might be able to tax them on there too. And you look at the White Sox, their offense is scoring runs. So these guys are going to pile up victories. They should win this division going away. I, I, I guess I can say it can't hurt to jump on both of them. But for me, if I were to play one of the two, it would probably be Lance Lynn right now. With all that said, another thing that's going on this week is the Olympics starting up, opening ceremony yesterday. And what does points bet have going on for everybody that wants to get involved in the Olympics? Well, it's so, so cool, Rick. I mean, it's weird with legalized sports wagering now to say this would normally be a lull in the schedule because NBA is done, NHL is done, football hasn't started yet, and there's really only baseball. Now you toss the Olympics in there, 
there's hundreds of wagers each and every day. You talk about different boxing matches. You talk about, I, I was looking, there was rowing matches uh, and all of that that you can wager on. But I guess the best way to look into it is PointsBet is offering a daily Olympics booster. And what that means is just a little bit more value for your money. For example, earlier in the week, they had Katie Ledecky for individual golds and the over-under was two and a half, and it, it was boosted from plus 200 to plus 230. So there are some options out there. Just go to the promos page at PointsBet. Check out what those daily boosters are because it's going to change each and every day, and it'll follow the flow of the Olympics. But it's something that's really kind of cool to follow, cool to check into, and, and it's a nice way. If you're, if you're watching an event you want to cheer for an athlete, that's really the route to go. Yeah, I would assume there's a lot of similarities in terms of the handicapping to swimming as there are to the ponies. So we use that as a, a solid transition. I know there's tons always going on at Hawthorne, but what do you guys have up this weekend? Well, I'll tell you, this weekend's really exciting for Saturday night, especially because we have a mandatory payout on our high five wager, and that comes in race number 11 on Saturday night. Nobody has been a single winner of the high five, Rick, here for over a month. So the carryover for that bet is at $190,000. So we're going to put a mandatory payout on it on race 11 on Saturday night. And what that means is the wager has to get hit. So the high five wager is picking the first five horses in order in that race. And it's only a 20 cent base minimum wager. So you can put a bunch of combinations together. We're expecting the pool for the bet to be somewhere between half a million and a million dollars. That 190000 is just bonus money on top of your winnings if you hit the wager. So it's worth looking into race 11. For me, I'm going to put the two-horse Ashley's Joy on top in there. But I'll tell you, hook up a lot of combinations in that race. There's a chance to get a really big return for a very small amount of money. I mean, you'd be foolish not to get involved. So check out Points Bet. Check out Hawthorne, especially for tonight, for that, for that big payout. Jim, thank you so much for your time. Once again, follow him on Twitter at Hawthorne underscore Jim, and hopefully I'll be talking to you soon. You got it. Thanks, Rick. Good luck this weekend. That is Jim Miller. Once again, at Hawthorne underscore Jim on Twitter. Thank you to everybody who's tuned in to Early Odds this week. Joe will be back with you next week inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Hawes coming up next. And one more thing real quick. I'll be hosting the Scores and NBA Drift. I'll be hosting the Scores NBA Draft Show on Thursday from 7 to 10. So please tune into that as well. Inside the Clubhouse is next on 670 The Score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.